Hi, I'm Gracie Sarkeesian, the Executive Director at the NYU Wasserman Center, and this is All in a Day's Work, the podcast we've created for you. The NYU network is expansive, and our alumni have an array of unique experiences. All in a Day's Work will bring you episodes featuring members of the NYU community doing interesting work and navigating the professional world. We're excited to share their stories with you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello, this is Ben Barzilai with another episode of All in a Day's Work. Today, I'm speaking with Ian Duncan. Ian earned his master's degree in journalism and international relations at NYU and is a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist who now works as a transportation reporter at The Washington Post. Ian, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So there's a lot to talk about with your career, but I wanted to start just by asking how you first started pursuing journalism. Yeah, so uh, it really started pretty much as soon as I got to university for my undergraduate. I went to Oxford in the UK and very early on there, someone I met like said, come and, come and write for the student newspaper. The first thing I ever wrote was probably, you know, 75 words or some stupid little piece of news, but just was totally hooked on it. Like kind of saw the opportunity to be a bit of a nuisance and, and find out stuff and really kind of struck me as something that I really wanted to do more of and so I kept working there all through really the first couple of years that I was at university and ended up being a co-editor-in-chief of this newspaper so I was just totally hooked by it. Well you were hooked enough that you eventually decided to go to grad school for it. Coming originally from the UK what brought you to NYU? Yeah, so I had been working in London, was working as a journalist doing sort of business journalism for this magazine company, which was quite fun and got to see some industries that I knew nothing about up close, but it wasn't really what I wanted to be doing. Like I really wanted to be doing sort of mainstream newspaper journalism. Uh, And I'd also been dating a woman I met at university who was American and she was pursuing a graduate degree in the States too. And so I was looking for opportunities to to come over. But NYU's global journalism program sort of stood out as something just a bit different. Like it had an academic component, which I quite enjoyed and just sort of added another dimension to it. But then of course, like being in New York and the opportunity to sort of get to grips with journalism in that city was like totally cool. So it was really appealing. And you know, coming to NYU from the UK, were there any sort of notable adjustments that you had to make coming from a different country or or things that surprised you either culturally or in the way that journalism in this country works? Yeah, I would say that there is a very different culture the newspaper culture is definitely really different um i think for a few reasons but i mean the the biggest difference is that the sort of american ideal of the objectivity of the newspaper reporter doesn't really exist in the same way in the uk i mean there is still a sort of rigor and and sort of commitment to the facts i think in british journalism but the uh, there's the political leanings of the newspapers are much close to the surface I mean they're over in like a lot of cases I would say and and there's a different tradition of local journalism in America too and sort of cities having their own newspapers and that model was already I think under threat or was being 
challenged when I came over here. The financial crisis, I think, had really put a lot of smaller papers in, in difficulty. But that is also a thing that is quite different. There is still a pretty strong culture of sort of big city journalism in America that spread across the country in a different way to in, in Britain. And do you think coming from the UK has any effect on your writing and, and how you go about reporting on the things that you report on? I will say on my writing, I remember very early on when I started working, I, I think I wrote that someone had been taken to hospital and someone, I had no idea that the American way of saying it was the hospital. So I never made that <laughs> mistake again. Um, but yeah, I think having a sort of something of a, an outsider's perspective does help you see stories that you might not otherwise see you know that that glojo program there were lots of international students in that program people from south america and europe so you got all those perspectives in those classes too and i i mean i do think that americans aren't always great at looking overseas and thinking about the way other countries do things and seeing can we learn something from that or is there how how and why are they different to the way we are and so I think having that perspective sometimes can be can be useful. I mean, I think it can be hard too because you don't you don't necessarily have the ties in a community. So I worked in Baltimore at the Baltimore Sun. I worked with lots of people who were from Baltimore and who and and from the region, and so they knew the the place just in a different way. So you you don't have that coming in from somewhere else. So it, there's maybe there's some trade offs too. Can you talk about the process of graduating and then trying to find your first gig out of school and, and how that worked out for you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I still think that that is one of the kind of hardest moments in anyone's career, probably. I mean, just on a very practical level, you know, if you don't have a job, you're not going to have an income. Whereas if you're looking for your second job, well, hopefully you're in a position where you can keep doing the job that you already have and, and make a living doing it. So... I finished the program in three semesters instead of it's supposed to be four, but because of fairly like arcane things to do with my visa and my work authorization, I had to actually be graduated before I could then start an internship, which was with the Los Angeles Times Bureau in, in Washington and was really lucky there to have a mentor who really helped me do some quite ambitious stories. Um, I think I was able to get a story on the front page of the paper from from the Bureau about campaign finance, which at that time also was all very shaken up. And, and so worked with some reporters who had just a lot of experience and really was able to learn a lot, but also was uh, in a position of doing, you know, real work and really contributing to the newspaper. Um, and, and through that, I then got connected to the Baltimore Sun, which at that time was owned by the same company. Um, and they were looking to bring on a couple of people in their newsroom. And so was lucky enough to get a job in Baltimore, which I, it wasn't really what I'd been expecting to do. I don't think, I mean, I, I don't know that I really knew anything about Baltimore. So took maybe a bit of a chance and moved up to Baltimore and lived there for a few years and just totally loved the city and really enjoyed working at the sun, which was sort of bouncing back after the financial crisis at that time. Well, you went from not knowing anything about Baltimore to later winning a Pulitzer Prize for your work at the Baltimore Sun. Can you talk a little bit about the work that went into winning that award and 
what that experience was like for you. Yeah, so a colleague of mine, Luke Broadwater, had done a story looking at it. So it looked initially like it was some self-dealing that involved the University of Maryland's medical system. But very quickly, the story became about one of them in particular, who was a woman named Catherine Pugh, who at that point was the mayor of Baltimore. And it turned out that she had been writing children's books that were sort of designed to promote a healthy lifestyle uh, and had used her position on this board to kind of secure some sales of these books and it all just sort of snowballed from there really from these original stories and it was just this incredibly intense period in the newsroom where there were uh, maybe a dozen reporters and editors working every day to just sort of unpack every sort of dimension of these deals and where the books were and who had paid money and were any rules being broken. And so there was just this moment where City Hall was raided by the FBI early in the morning. And I'd been covering City Hall at that point for a couple of years, maybe, and knew that the city had his problems and and knew that the mayor was struggling to get to grips with them in lots of ways and had written about that but just to sort of see these federal agents carrying boxes and stuff out of her house but out of city hall too which was somewhere where i was you know i was there every week it was just kind of amazing yeah so then to have that work recognized with that prize was just really really gratifying so when you go to journalism school, you learn all of these really, really valuable hard skills about how to report and how to write. As you moved forward in your career, were there skills that aren't really teachable in grad school that you learned along the way that you think is valuable to people who are trying to break into journalism? I think there was skills that it, it's definitely very difficult to teach in a classroom and you can maybe find ways to try and learn this through your sort of practical experience while you're a student. But I mean, so much of the job is dealing with people and, and and making people feel confident that you're going to treat them fairly and that they can trust you essentially. And in some cases, those will be relationships that you will have to maintain over many years with people who, you know, you might at some times be kind of calling them out for stuff that they're doing wrong or writing about criticism that they're receiving or things that aren't particularly favorable to them. And you still have to find ways to maintain that relationship and have a sort of open relationship with people. No class is going to let you have that many repeat interactions with somebody where you've got to do this quite delicate dance sometimes. So you went from your amazing work in the Baltimore Sun to now being the transportation reporter at the Washington Post. Can you talk about how that opportunity presented itself and what it's been like for you so far? Yeah, I mean, there was no real magic to that. I mean, so I sent in an application with, I'm sure, many, many other people and went through an interview process that, I mean, it, it, took a, it was fairly lengthy, but um, it was fairly straightforward, I suppose. And so, I mean, that's been a, it's been a very strange experience in a lot of ways because I started working at the Post in September of 2019 and so had been there for a little bit less than six months before the pandemic started and we all were sent home and have been working pretty much exclusively from home for the last two years and having to 
learn a new beak because I hadn't really covered transportation at all before. I mean, a lot of what I cover is the government and knew about covering government, but really a lot of it was new. And then on top of that, you know, you're dealing with all of the personal things that came along with that. So little kids and being home and just all the stress of that. You know, you mentioned, you know, this long interview process that you had for Washington Post, which I think for big, exciting jobs like that, it's fairly normal for those processes to be very, you know, multi-step and and long and drawn out. Do you have any advice for people who are going through a similar process on, you know, how to, how to nail it? <laughs> the advice I got from people I knew, I mean, I was lucky to know people who worked at the Post and it, it was all about being specific with your ideas. And I hate writing cover letters and having to put myself in the best light I guess and uh just find it sort of awkward and the 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 thing that maybe was a sort of a breakthrough for me was realizing that you you can talk about your ideas and you can talk about your experience and how it would you know give someone who's thinking about hiring you the confidence that you would be able to deliver on those ideas right so it's a way of kind of tying everything together in a way that for me didn't feel like it was just sort of empty but boasting it, it, it there was a point that I was trying to make you know I think a hard part about the job of a journalist is knowing what will be a lucrative thing to cover and sort of developing and trusting your voice obviously that can be a very esoteric and intangible thing but how did you go about sort of developing your style and your voice and your your beat? Covering the news, sometimes it is fairly obvious like what you need to do every day because, you know, you need to tell people sort of first and foremost like what is happening, what are powerful people doing and, and saying on a, on a given day. And that is really important. And then where it sort of comes, the second piece of it comes into play is like hopefully you're, you're working somewhere where you do have the time and the scope to pursue your own ideas and pursue things a little more substantial. And if there's something that you think is interesting, you can just keep digging away at it and plugging away at it. And what's really nice about working for a newspaper is, you know, there's a paper wrap every day. You you can always find a new way to kind of come at a story if you can find something new. And I think having that confidence that you're if you're interested in something, it's probably because it's interesting. And then the, the question then becomes of how how do I take it for people who aren't immersed in this all the time and how do I make it intelligible and how do I share my interest in this with them and it's and it's closing that last gap that sometimes can be can be difficult but the, maybe the starting point is having the confidence that what interests you is genuinely interesting well what's also impressive about that is that you've covered so many beats in your in your career from you know international relations to local politics to you know now working in transportation what was the impetus behind you switching to transportation and how do you go about doing a heel turn in your beat like that and, and becoming an expert in that field? Yeah, when you do start a new beat, it's it can be really hard because you can feel again, you can go back to that place of being worried that like your ideas aren't good or that you're naive in some way. And so then it is a question of sort of trusting your experience to know like, no, no, like the reason why I think this looks like a story is like probably because it it is a story with everything you do as a journalist like there's always going to be somebody who just knows more about the thing than than you do and so it's just a question of finding those people and it comes back to that then that question of building those source relationships and and 
just talking to people all the time and checking in and hearing what are they thinking about what are they seeing in a lot of ways that's easier with social media too now because there's that conversation is happening that you can that you can dip into and that helps generate ideas too but that's what it really has come down to is just each time you're working on something new you go out and you say hey who who knows more about this than me let me talk to them and amazingly people are sort of often gracious enough to take the time to do that and so you can benefit from all of their expertise well you know you've covered so many different beats and in so many different cities and in the midst of that you have things like the pandemic i know you got married and and had a baby how have you been able to sort of establish a work-life balance in the midst of all of that yeah i mean that is difficult and I think everybody goes through periods in their career where that is challenging and um, certainly my wife has had a lot of professional success too maybe more than me and so um, you know we both have quite demanding jobs and we have two children and so um, I don't know that there is a secret to that I think it's finding the time to get the work done and recognizing that life and work have to be somewhat separate or that work can't really be your whole life because I do think there's so many signals in our in our culture that that is the way things need to be and, and it's just not sustainable so I think some of it's a mindset having children I mean it adds a whole other layer of responsibility obviously and a, a whole other sort of set of commitments that you have but it also kind of forces you to do to go through that process because you have little people who just need you more than anyone who you work with and can possibly need you. So that that does help, I think, and, and it, I think it's made me a more kind of balanced person in a lot of ways. Absolutely. I think the only other question I want to ask you is what do you have coming next? Yeah, so, I mean, I think the big focus, I sort of alluded to this, is looking at all this new infrastructure money, I mean, it really is, it's so much money, hundreds of billions of dollars. Uh, and there's all kinds of implications for the climate and for safety and for what kinds of communities get the resources they need to, so that people can, can get to work and get to school and, and get around to where they need to go. I think we really want to look for ways for how do we tell that story and how do we see you know the administration this administration has sort of big goals for how they want to see that money get used and can they live up to that so that is where i sort of see the focus being and i'm really excited to be to be telling that story well i'm really excited to read that story in the meantime ian i want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today and for sharing your experience with the nyu community yeah i enjoyed it thanks so much If you want to learn more about the services that are offered at the Wasserman Center, you can log on to our career portal, Handshake, through your NYU homepage. Today's episode was hosted by me, Ben Barzilai, with episode guest Ian Duncan. We're produced by Miriam Miller and Ben Barzilai, edited by Ben Barzilai, and created with support from Nia Beresford, Danielle Crystal, Haley Garofalo, Joseph Mercadante, Carrie Contianis, and Sarah Rosenthal. That's all in a day's work. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.